Hey, what's up, Hebra? How you doing? Good. Friends, today we're studying Daf uh, Yud Zayin of Masechta Erevin, Daf Seventeen. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, wait, what? All right. Uh, wait, no. One second. I'm not confused. Let's go. Um. Daf Yud Zayin, right. Last Daf in the first parak of Masechta Erevin, which is pretty awesome. Um, you did it. Great job, everyone. Uh, today, like, is, yeah, it's not, I don't know, at the beginning there's like a little bit of a machlokas about what happens if the number of people in your group, like, changes because in the middle, because we said that, like, one person um, is allowed to have a, it can make, like, this temporary kind of, uh, fence up to a base asayim now with you know with multiple people that changes whatever there was all machlokas yesterday so the question is what if the, your numbers kind of change in the middle that's kind of the main machlokas on Amud Aleph and then Amud, then we get to a new Mishnah the final Mishnah in the first parak and um, whatever it's not so crazy friends let's start Tessayin Amud Beis about five six lines from the bottom. Darish of Nachman, Mishum Rabbeinu Shmuel. So Rav Nachman uh, expounded in the name of Rabbeinu Shmuel, which is interesting because often Rabbeinu is Rav. Although I think that we saw it one time in Masech the Shabbos that Rabbeinu was also Shmuel. So it's interesting here that we say Rabbeinu Shmuel. Okay. Yachid Nosten Lo So if you have uh, one person, so if he wants to make this temporary fence using like Lovud things so then he can enclose an area up to 5,000 square amos which seems like quite a lot right how many feet are in a mile 5,000 uh something so what's 5,000 square amos that's like 10,000 feet that's a lot right okay so no uh base no line base sasaim. Now the same thing applies to two people. They have up to a base sasaim. Gimel naisu shayara. Now if there are three people ever, then they become what's considered a caravan. Vinosin line base sheish. Well then they have up to six sa'az. Okay. Now the Gemara asks, Shavka Sarbanavadza Krabyosi Babido. So the Gemara asks, one second, Rav Nachman. Right? Remember, we had a machlokis yesterday. According to the Chachamim, they said that even a yachid is allowed to take up however, sm- however much space that he needs, he can enclose with um, this like temporary, this like lovewood kind of fence, even if that's more than a base assign, and take as much space as you need, as long as you don't have two sa'as, ba- a base assign that is just empty space, then the wall would be invalid and you wouldn't be allowed to carry it at all. Um, but as long as you need the space, take as much space as you need. And that applies to individuals, it applies to caravans and everything. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda said that one person and two people have up to a base sa'asayim. Three people is a caravan, they have up to six sa'a, which is exactly what Rav Nachman is saying. So they might ask, how come you would, pa- pa- you would pass in like Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, rather than like the Chachamim? Obviously, we always say, Yachid v'rab malach kirab. So Rav Nachman then um, 
set like a teacher next to him, you know, somebody to, to um, say over what he was going to teach. Vidarash, and he expounded the things that I had said initially were a mistake. To say that Allah is like Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda. Brum, however, kach amru. This is what they said. Yachid, nosen lo beis sa'asayim, shnaim nosen loin beis sa'asayim. So if it's one person or two people, so they have, they can make this lovewood fence up to an area that is a beis sa'asayim. Shlosh, if there are three people, naisu shayara, so then they become what's considered a caravan, nosen loin, koltzarkan, and they can have as much space as they need. So this is kind of a combination opinion. The ratio seems to be like Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, who's saying that one and two people have up to a base Sa'asayim. And then the Sefer seems to be like the Chachamim, who are saying that you can have as much space as you need, right? Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda would have said that three people you have up to six Sa'a, whereas the Chachamim say you have as much as you need, and that seems to be what Rav Nachman is saying. So Reish, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Sefer Rabbanon, so one second, so the Reishas, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudah, and the Seifas, the Rabbanon, how come the combination opinion? In, yes, that's 100% correct, Mishum Dekoy, Avua B'Shitzay, because um, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudah's father, Rabbi Yehuda, holds like him as well. What was Rabbi Yudah's opinion? Rabbi Yudah's opinion was that a Yachid has up to a base Sa'asayim, which is what Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudah would say as well. The Chum would say a Yachid can even have, has whatever he needs. And so we see that since Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda both agree that by a Yachid you have up to a Beis Asayim, so therefore it's no longer a Yachid, it's no longer a um, loan opinion, rather it is more than one person, it's Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, as well as Rabbi Yehuda, and therefore we can paskin like them, however when it comes to uh, a Shayara, Rabbi Yehuda would agree with the Chachamim that you can have as much space as you need, and therefore um, we paskin like the Chachamim over there. Amr of Gidl, Amr Rab, Shlosha B'chamesh, Asurin B'sheva Mutarin. So Rav Gidl says the name of Rab that it's plausible to have a situation where you have three Yidin and they're somewhere for Shabbos and they build this loved wall around themselves and it can fit five Sa'a. Okay. And nonetheless, they, it would be an invalid partition and they would be unable to carry in this area. Yet, B'Shevim Mutarin, yet you can have another case where you have three people and they build this Lovewood partition and it's seven, it can hold seven saw and nonetheless, they're allowed to carry in this area. How could that be that sometimes they'll make an area of five saw and it's no good, yet they'll make it two saw bigger and it is good? What's Pshad, friends? Amrulay, Amrav Hachi. So they said to Rav Gidl, did Rav really say such a thing? And what did Rav Gidl respond? Amr he said to them, By the Torah, the prophets, and the Ksuvim, certainly Rav said this. It's like he was swearing that, God, that, that Rav said this. Right? He was saying right, on, 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 on all of the books of Tanakh, Rav certainly said this. Um, Ravashi, my kasha. Ravashi said, yeah, what's the big deal? What's so hard to understand? Dilma Maybe this is what Rav was saying. If these three fellows needed six sa'as worth of space and they put um, a fence, a lovewood fence around this area um, 
that and they made it large enough to hold seven sa'a, i.e. one more sa'a than they need. So afilu b'shevim mutarin. That would be acceptable because uh, the Chachamim said that you can take up as much space as you need as long as there aren't two sa'a that are unused, that are unneeded. Now over here, there's one sa'a that is unneeded, but that's okay. It's within it's within the limit. However, lo utzuchu ela, you got to switch this word to lishalosh and skip the next two words. But if all they needed was three sa'a, if these three fellows only needed three sa'a, and yet they enclosed an area with a lovewood fence of five sa'a, well, then they have two extra unused sa'a, which is going to be a problem. So here you can have three people that enclose an area of seven sa'a, and that's fine. Yet you can have three people that enclose an area of five sa'a, and it's not fine. My love, pani me adam. But one second, when it says, when the chacham say that you that um, you, know, you can take up as much space as you need, as long as you do not have two saa that are empty. So mistam, what that means is you can't have two saa empty from people. I.e., each person can take up two saa, and therefore make sure that you don't have two saa unaccounted for by people. And therefore, if that's the case, then if we're assuming that each person can get up to two sa'a, well then if you have three people, each person can get, uh, you know, up, right, up uh, two sa'a, which means that you can enclose an area of six sa'a, but also they say as long as you don't have two sa'a that are empty, so you can really go up until eight sa'a. So then how come you would have a situation where five sa'a would be a problem if after all each person is entitled up to two sa'a, so by default they can have at least six sa'a plus another Two that are empty. So my answer is lo pani mikelim. No, what empty mean doesn't mean empty from humans that like each person is entitled to a certain amount of sa'a. No, it means empty from items that if these people have lots of stuff, so then they could take up as much space as they need as long as there's no, there aren't two sa'a of empty space. But it has nothing to do with the people. You can have a lot of people with a little bit of stuff, so then they're only entitled to less space. You can have a little bit of people with a lot of stuff, and then they're entitled to more space. So. That's how you can have sometimes three people that you can, you know they could be a pro, they it could be a problem even if they enclose an area of five saw you can yeah you can have three people that they can even enclose up to seven saw okay itmar it was stated shlosha vameis echod man mm-hmm. friends so what happens if you had three fellows okay now these three fellows were camping for Shabbos. And they figured, hey, we're a caravan over here. So let us just enclose and we can enclose an area that is larger than two saw, right? Assuming like Rav Nachman said at the top of the page, sirens. So assuming like Rav Nachman said at the top of the page that one or two people have up to a base saw, base saw sign, and three or more people can have as much space as they need. So you have these three fellows who were somewhere for Shabbos and they put up this lovewood fence and they figured, well, we're three fellows. We can make it larger than a base sa'asayim, right? So that's what they do. And then one of them is Nifter. One of them passes away on Shabbos. So now there are only two people left. So what happens? Do we say, now, right? So now there are basically two people that have this area larger than a base sa'asayim that's enclosed by a lovewood fence which maker then is not allowed. But when Shabbos started, it was allowed. 
but then somebody passed away and now it's no longer allowed. So can you, can you have, you know, can the status, f- status fluctuate over the course of Shabbos or is there like a snapshot that gets taken before Shabbos and then nothing changes throughout Shabbos? That's essentially going to be the question. So itmar, shlosh of echod men, if you have three fellows and one of them is nifter. Shnaim, if you have two fellows, vinitos vualen, and then another guy shows up on Shabbos. So, you know, so in that case, there were only two people. And again, they built an area that was larger than what they were allowed to build, larger than a base Sasaim. So they weren't allowed to carry in that area. But then somebody joined them on Shabbos. And now they're three people. So can that allow them to now carry? So Rav Huna, Rav Yitzchak. So it's Machloikis, Rav Huna and Rav Yitzchak. Chad Omer, Shabbos Goremis, Chad Omer, Diurin Gormen. So one man the Omer is that it's a snapshot when Shabbos starts, that Shabbos is what causes it. And if when Shabbos started, there were three people, so then they can carry throughout Shabbos, even if one of them passes away. And if when Shabbos started, there were two people, then they may not carry on Shabbos, even if one person joins them. And the other um, and the other one says that it's all based on the people, i.e. that it can fluctuate. So if when Shabbos started, there were three people and then one person passes away and now there are two people, well, then you can no longer carry. If when Shabbos started, there were two people and then one of them, one other person joined them and now there are three people, well, then Mazel Tov, now you can carry, have fun. This time the Avhuna with the Amr Diyur and Garmin. No, I skipped. I read the same line twice. So let's say that Rafuna is the one who says that it's the snapshot, that Shabbos causes it, that when, you know, it all, it's all based upon what the status was when Shabbos began. Because Rabbah said, Rabbah says that I asked from Rafuna and I asked from Rav Yehuda, What if you had two Rishus Ayachids, Reuven and Shimon, they have um, a Rishus Ayachid, right, or, an, or, or, or a Chatzar, right? Ruven's got his house, his house is in his courtyard. Shimon's got his house, his house is in his courtyard. And they share a wall in the middle. And there's a window in that wall. And that window is four Tfachim by four Tfachim. Or this is what? This is a Pesach. So there's some kind of door in, in, that, in that shared wall. So now, of course, we know that... You know, you can't carry on Shabbos from Ruven's Rishus Hayachid to Shimon's Rishus Hayachid. However, if they make an Erev, then they can. So let's say they made an Erev, uh, you know, assuming that there was this Pesach in the middle wall, Derech HaChalon, or by way of the window, right, that there was a window that was four Tfachim by four Tfachim. Apparently that is the minimum size to be considered a window that they can make an Erev with. So they make an Erev, and now they can carry between the two Rishus Hayachids. However, Vinistam Achalon. But then, oh, so in the first case, Vinistam Pesach, in the second case, Vinistam Achalon. Right? So then, the doorway or the window somehow gets closed up, something crumbles, whatever it is, and now you don't have that window or that doorway anymore. What becomes of the Eruv that they made, assuming that there was this entranceway, this opening into the, you know, between the two Chatzers. Now that opening is gone, can you still rely upon the Eruv that they made to enable to carry between the two chatzers, let's say there were smaller openings or whatever it is, or maybe over the wall to be able to get things to and you know between the chatzers, can you rely on that um, initial erev that you made? So Amruli and Rabbah said that Rafuna and Rabbi Yehuda um, said to me, Shabbos ho hutra, 
that since once it was already mutter for Shabbos, i.e. since they made the Eruv before Shabbos, and when Shabbos started, they were allowed to carry between the two Rishos Hayachids. So that remains intact, even though the um, um, window or the door is no longer available. Tis time. So there you go. Okay, so we can safely assume that it is in fact Ravuna's opinion that um, we take a snapshot before Shabbos, and therefore in our case, when Shabbos started, if there were three people, they can carry in this area even, even if somebody passes away. And if when Shabbos started, there were two people, they cannot carry in this area even if somebody joins them. So now the Gemara says, So let's say that this machlok is between Rav Huna and Rav Yitzchak, right? That Rav Huna says that you take a snapshot when Shabbos starts, and Rav Yitzchak says that things can fluctuate over the course of Shabbos. So let's say that this is that this aligns with a machlok is tanayim between Rav Yehuda and Rav Yossi. What's that? Ditnan, as we learn in the Mishnah, chotzer. If you have a chotzer, a courtyard, shenifritzah mishteru chosel, that um, the, that the wall of the chatzar got breached from two sides, and this means the corner. Okay, it got breached from the corner. Because the point is that in a corner, it's not considered a pesach. You don't build a pesach in a corner, and therefore it's memela considered a breach. Right? So you had a chatzar, it's Rishus Hayachid, and now it got breached. So can you continue to carry in that chatzar? Or what if you have a house that got breached on two, in a corner? On two sides, kilo in a corner. Or what if you have a mavoi that its kora or its lechi disappeared? So Rebuda says, look, you can continue to carry in this house or this chatzar or this mavoi for the duration of Shabbos. But, you know, if you haven't fixed it by next Shabbos, then you won't be able to carry in these areas. So what do we see? So we see kind of the snapshot Mahalach. Rabbi Yossi Omer, whereas Rabbi Yossi says in Mutarn Laosa Shabbos, Mutarn Laosa Lavo, Yomasun Laosa Lavo, Asurin Laosa Shabbos. Whereas Rabbi Yossi says, no, things can fluctuate in the middle of Shabbos, right? If, if, you know, if it would be something that would be allowed on Shabbos, well then it's allowed on this Shabbos. But since this is something that is not allowed in general on Shabbos, it's not allowed for this Shabbos. Meaning, since in general, if you have this breach, in the chatzar or in the house, or you have a mavu without a korah, you're not allowed to carry in these places. So therefore, even this Shabbos, once once the status changes, it can um, fluctuate even within Shabbos itself. So therefore, Lema, Rav Huna Yossi. So let's say Rav Huna and Rav, and Rav Yehuda can agree on sort of the snapshot Mahalich, right? That however it was when Shabbos starts, that's how it remains throughout Shabbos, no matter what changes. Whereas Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yossi can connect on the fluctuating Mahalich, which is that, you know, the status can change throughout Shabbos and that will have implications for you are or are not allowed to do, um, throughout Shabbos. Amrlach Rufuna, Rufuna will respond to you and say, Ana da Amir Afilu Rabbi Yossi. Rufuna, who says the snapshot Mahalich, he's going to argue that no, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi both agree with him that when you have, let's say, three people who are together for Shabbos and make an area with a with a lovewood fence that's larger than Beis HaSaim, then one of them passes away, they can continue to carry. He's going to say that even Rabbi Yossi, who says that when you have a, a house, let's say, that uh, got breached in the corner, 
and you can no longer continue to carry there even on the same Shabbos, i.e. it fluctuates, he will nonetheless agree that when you have the three people there for Shabbos and one of them dies, they can continue to carry. Because Rabbi Yossi says that when you have a, you know, a house, that part of the wall breaks, that you can no longer carry in the house, even though when Shabbos started you could carry, that's because like a wall breaking is a big friggin' deal, right? Like when Shabbos started, you had a wall. Now you don't have a wall, okay? So like you can't carry there, you know, even though when Shabbos started, you were allowed to carry. However, in this case, nothing happened to the Lovewood walls. That is all in, intact. One person, you know, died, but that has no bearing on the validity of like the structure that was built. And therefore, even Rabbi would agree that in the case of three people who made Shabbos together and one of them passed away, they would, they would nonetheless be able to continue to carry. So Rav Huna is arguing that both Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Uda would agree with him. Another siren. So, right, so, Arkan Lukamar, Rabbi Yossi, awesome, El Dlesnu Lemechitzes, Hacha Isnu Lemechitzes. But over here, there are, um, all the Mechitzes remain intact, so that's fine. Rabbi Yitzchak Amar, and Rabbi Yitzchak said, and our Yitzchak, who um, says that things can fluctuate throughout the course of Shabbos. So if when Shabbos started, there were three people, then one of them passed away, then they can no longer carry. So he's going to try and argue, well, he's going to argue that even Rabbi Yehuda, who says that when it comes to the Chatzar, that a breach got in the corner of the Chatzar or the house. So Rabbi Yehuda says that you can continue to carry until the end of Shabbos. So, Rabbi Yitzchak is going to say that even Rabbi Yehuda would agree with him that in the case of the three people and the one that passes away, you would no longer be able to carry on Shabbos. Right, so Rabbi Yitzchak is going to argue that Rabbi Yehuda says that you can continue to carry in that house that, that, right, that the wall broke because nothing changed in terms of the number of people that are inhabiting the space. But over here, where the number of people inhabiting the space change, and that kind of changes the rules of the game, so even Rabbi Yudah would agree that they would no longer be able to continue to carry. So Beseder, so we have Machlok between Rabbi Yitzchak and Rav Huna about what happens when you know, the number of people in this Lovewood walled area fluctuates. Rav Huna says that it, you know, it's all based on what, what it was when Shabbos started. Rabbi Yitzchak says that, it, that, that the halachas can change based on the number of people that come and go. And we tried to connect it to the machlokas between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda. But both Rabbi Huna and Rabbi Yitzchak made the claims that actually both Tanaim hold like them. Or would agree with their positions. Okay? New Mishnah. There were four sort of exceptions that they made to an army encampment. So if you have an army encampment and they're going out to fight, and so there are four leniencies that we have for them. They can collect wood from wherever they want. And they don't have to wash their hands. They can eat the mai. And they don't have to make eruvs. And we're going to explain what all these things mean. If you have a camp, that is going out to fight a, um, a, um, what's it called? 
What's Muhammad Sarishus? Like a war that is not a mitzvah. Like Muhammad Sarishus was like uh, the, the fight, the wars that they had to fight to get Israel. But when they came in with Yoshua, other than that, it's like a, a, what's it called? An optional war, I guess. Discretionary war, I guess. Mutar and begezel eitzimivashim. So there's no issue of like stealing dry wood, I guess, for fire and stuff. That, that's waived. Rabbi Yehuda ben Tema Omer says, Rabbi Yehuda ben Tema Avchonin b'chomakom, they can encamp wherever they want. Uvmakom shenairag and sham nikbarin, and wherever they die, they can be buried there. Says the Gemara, Mutarin begezel eitzimivashim, so in terms of being able to steal, or at least it's not an issue of stealing when it comes to dry wood, they can take whatever dry wood they find. Haitakanta di Yoshua ava. So the Gemara says, what's the big chiddish? Yoshua already said what the Amramar Asar Tanaim Isna Yoshua that Yoshua made ten Tanaim. Two of them worship Yumarin Bechorshin Umlakt and One of them being that you are allowed to allow your animals to graze in somebody else's kind of like foresty hefker area. Umlakt and and you can also collect wood from other people's uh, fields. I guess from like kind of like hefkery kind of stuff. So what's the big chiddush by this encampment of soldiers? Even just regular old people can collect wood. So the difference is that what what Yehoshua was talking about was with like shrubs and that kind of stuff. You can collect that kind of wood. Here, this is talking about good geshmak of firewood. You can chop around. Inami or else what Yehoshua was talking about was um, wood that was connected to the ground. There was still like trees that you had to chop yourself so you can go and find some forest and chop down some firewood. And over here we're talking about wood that was already chopped. They can just go and chop a Inami, Or you could say that what Yoshua was talking about was moist wood you can take. But over here, the Chiddush is that even dry wood, they could chop a that they can also encamp wherever they like, and wherever they are killed, that is where they are buried. Pshita, this is obvious. Obviously, wherever they fall, they can be buried there. Because Mes Mitzvah, because he would be considered a Mes Mitzvah. Mes Mitzvah is somebody who dies and doesn't have anybody to bury him. So here, he died. And, you know, he doesn't have, I guess he doesn't have relatives around or whatever. And we need to bury him. So you can bury him wherever he is. And, and that's that. Mes Mitzvah, Konim Akomo. And we know that a mace mitzvah, he acquires the place that he dies. So So he said, yeah, but this is different. This isn't a mace mitzvah. This is a person who has relatives. And meaning he's out fighting, but he has relatives. And if he dies, he's not a mace mitzvah. And therefore it's a chiddish that even in this case, you can um, bury him wherever. The time is, we learn in the Bible, what is a, a considered a mace mitzvah? Kol she'en lo kovrin. Somebody who doesn't have any relatives to bury him. If he has relatives that he can just, you know, call up and, you know, they'll take care of him after he dies. So that would no longer be considered a mace mitzvah. Mace mitzvah, is it really true that a mace mitzvah acquires the place where he falls, where he dies? But we learn in a bright If somebody finds a uh, corpse on a main road, so you can move 
the corpse to the right shoulder or the left shoulder of the main road. So they bore, they bore. If on the right side, you know, if on one side there is a barren field and on the other side there is a plowed field, so move the corpse to the barren field. Stay near, stay zera, stay near. If there is a plowed field and a, and a planted field, move the corpse to the plowed field. If they were both, um, plowed or both seated or both barren, so, well then just choose whichever side you want. So, the kasha is, if it's true that a mes mitzvah is just konat whatever place he, 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 wherever he is, well then why are we saying that you have to move the mace mitzvah? Just bury the mace mitzvah where you found them on the main road. So Bevai said, because we're talking about a mace who's lying across the road. That since already you're supposed to move him off of the main road so that Kohanim or other people who need to remain tower will not run the risk of making an oil over the mace or wherever the mace is buried. So therefore we move him away. So since we move him away, so then... You know, you can move them to whichever direction you want. We say that um, the soldiers do not need to wash their hands. Abai says, this is only a reference to washing before they eat. They don't need to wash before they eat. However, washing their hands after they eat. They must wash their hands after they eat, even though, after they eat, even though they are soldiers. Rabbi said, how come they say that it's obligatory to wash my macharonim? Because there's this sodomite salt that makes you blind. And therefore, wash your hands so you don't go blind. And the amount of melech stomas that you will usually find within salt is about one grain per 4,000, what was it, 4,230 eggs or something? So it's not very much. It was one, one grain in a core. A core is 30 sa'a. And how many sa'as was it in a core? I don't remember, like a bunch. Right, we did the cheshben, oh, 4,200 or something? We did the cheshben recently, the maise. Wait, wait what, what, what's like 4,200 divided by 3 or something? Uh, I don't remember. Or maybe it was like 1,400, 2,800, 4,200, right? Okay, and what's 1400? That would be like, oh, cause I think maybe it's Lemaisa 144. Maybe it's 144. Or maybe that's what it was. 144 eggs and like, uh, who can remember? Uh, well, let's, let's move on. Anyways, it's not very much Melech Stomas. What if he's just measuring salt? Certainly, if he's measuring salt, he's going to have to wash his hands. Okay? Very good. And also, these soldiers can eat demai. What's demai, Chevre? Everybody knows what demai is because we learned the seventh parak of Mesech Tabrachis. Demai is um, produce that uh, you purchase from an Ama Aretz and you do not know for sure if he separated Miser. He separated the 10% tithe. So in that case, it's demai and you have to separate it yourself, but these soldiers can just eat it. That you can feed demai to anim and you can feed demai 
to these soldiers that come to town. And as Rashi points out, these were Jewish soldiers. So you see that these Jewish soldiers can eat demai. Am Ravuna Tana, Ravuna says that we learn in Ebraisa, so, says that we do not feed the Mai to poor people and soldiers, and Basil says that we do. Okay? And they do not need to make an Eruv. This means that they don't need to make an Eruv Chatseris, that if you have two Rishusayachids that are joined to each other, um, you know, or let's say they have different tents that open up and take a chatzer. So, they don't need to make an eruvei chatzeris. Aval, eruvei tchumen chayavin. However, they would need to make an eruvei tchumen. If they want to walk more than 2,000 amas outside of their encampment, they would need to make an eruvei tchumen. Titani rebchia, lokan al eruvei tchumen Because rebchia says that you get makis, uh, if you violate eruvei tchumen mida oraisa, right? So you'll get makos. So, if it's an Isra de Oraisa, so then you cannot violate it, even if you are a soldier. Maskefla Rebionasan, Rebionasan Asakash, Bechilokan Alav, Shebe Al. Do you get Malkos for a love that is written in the Torah as Al? As Rashi points out, the puzzle says, Al Yetze Ishmim Komo, that a person should not go out from his place, and it uses the, the Lashon of Al. It doesn't say Lo, it says Al. So, Rebionasan says, can you really get Malkos? For a love that is um, uh, expressed in the Torah using the the the, the terminology of al, so maskev for Vachabar Yaakov, so Vachabar Yaakov says, yeah, of course you can. When it says by these sorcerers, do not go to ovos and yidonim. What are you going to argue that because it says al, they're not going to get malchus? Of course you're going to get malchus darin. So therefore, what exactly is Rabbi Yonason's shaila? So Bionasan Achi Kashla, this is what he's asking. Lav Shanitan Lazarus Misas Bezdin. Lav Shanitan Lazarus Misas Bezdin in Lokan Olav. So we saw this on Dafkuf Nadal of Mesech the Shabbos, the concept of a love that has associated with it Misas Bezdin. And if you have a love that's associated with it Misas Bezdin, so then you will not get Malkus on it, right? So therefore, we're saying that when it comes to Tchumen, right, if this is, how could Rabbi say that for violating Eruve Tchumen, you would get, for violating Tchum Shabbos, you would get Malkus, if when it comes to Chilol Shabbos, Chilol Shabbos is something that you have Misa for. And since if you have Misa for it in certain um, situations, well then, how would you ever get Malkus for it? Because something that Allah, Shinitan Lazarus Misa's Bezin, you never get Malkus for it. So the Gemara answers, Amr of Ashi, Miksiv Al Yotzi Al Yetzeksiv. It doesn't say that, you know, this Pasuk, talking about Tchum, it doesn't say Al Yotzi. Right? It doesn't say that he shouldn't take out, which would be a reference to the Av Melach of Hotzah, which does have uh, Misas Bezdin associated with it. Rather, it says Al Yetzeh, he should not go out, right? Referring to Tchumen, which is not actually an Isidor Rais, uh, which is not, you wouldn't be Chayv Malkus for it, you know, you wouldn't be Chayv Misa for it, and therefore you wouldn't be Chayv Malkus for Hotzah either. However, when it comes to Tchumen, that's a different story, and you're actually not Chayv Misa for Tchumen, right? Also, I think we saw, like, according to Rabbi Akiva, that, right, that Tchumen is Mida Oraisa, but it's not one of the 40, it's not one of the 39 malachas. So, so you wouldn't be chayav misa for it, but you would be chayav malkos for these eruve trumen. And therefore, that is why Rebchia says that you'd be chayav malkos. And that is also why even the soldiers can't violate that. Hajin alach mavui, we'll come back to you mavui, but, uh, probably not for quite some time. Um, only once our brains have recovered. 
Okay, so friends, this was the Yudzayin of Masechta Ervin. And yeah, I think that the main really machlokas to find here, the main sugya over here was really on Yudzayin Amud Aleph about when the number of people changes throughout Shabbos, what effect does that have on your Rishus Harabim that you construct, your Rishus Hayacha that you constructed. So Funa says that we kind of take a snapshot of the situation when Shabbos begins. And if you have three people in this area larger than a base assigned when Shabbos begins, even if one of them passes away, they can continue to carry. And if you had two people when Shabbos begins, well then even if somebody joins up with them, you cannot carry. Whereas Rabbi Yitzchak says it fluctuates. And, you know, um, if somebody passed away on Shabbos, well then they can no longer carry. If somebody joined them on Shabbos, if there were two people initially, well then they can now carry. So that's the Machlogas Dartin. Um, and then the rest of the page, we got to that new Mishnah, the final Mishnah in Perak Yudzayin. Of course, we finished Perak Yudzayin. Um, and that last mission just kind of talks about different leniencies for soldiers um, that are going out to battle. Have a great day. Peace out.